listening to a true and honest show. Yes, it's dream infringement coming through the radio. Weekly, we're returning your friend and co-host of all the people in the world. We love our listeners the Getting to know us. Getting to know us and how the sausage is made. Says Bobby sometimes because his euphemisms are strange. Getting to know us and how Jennifer's afraid of all monkeys and dreams a lot about losing all her teeth. (laughs) Getting to know us, getting to know more than you'd like to. Getting to heart emoji you and hoping that you'll heart emoji us. You should know that the show is put together by Emily. Because she's got the best quarantine hair. It's so shiny and a charming historical flair. Now on to the show. So that's our theme this week. Part three of getting to know you. And by you, I mean us. You're getting to know us, just like Jennifer's song said. Yeah, and if you thought that that was the end of the singing for this hour, you're terribly wrong. Because I'm about to break out in song (laughs) also. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, Let's get on to the questions, shall we? Yes, the singing questions. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They're going to be asked in, in, in an unsung way. I guess the only like malady would be like the rise and fall of um of our uh hopes and dreams. Yes. I was gonna say countenance as we oh, speak. Oh right, yeah. The more tired we get or something. Yeah. Oh the rise and fall of our actual voices. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what I mean. Ev- <laughs> Never mind. It, it I'm trying matter. to evoke more meaning from that than there is. It doesn't matter. Listen to the rest of the show, everyone. Okay. Recently, Bobby tried to bribe me into a socially distanced visit with the promise of baked goods. He said he would make cookies. Is this something that he does? Or was he saying he will ask Emily to bake the cookies and then he will bring them and take credit for the cookies? Or is Bobby like a baker? Is he like baking things? And Okay, so I this is something you might not know about Bobby. I don't have to ask him about it because I already know. Bobby makes like the best coffee in the world. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I've asked him many times. I have tried to duplicate what's happening with the coffee situation. I have tracked down the same brand of coffee and it's nowhere near as good. So he has, he has a gift, truly a gift. <laughs> Just, I just needed to give him props. He was one of the unsung heroes of caffeine propagation. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for calling me out on live radio. How dare you? Well, I hadn't really thought that far out, but I definitely would have baked cookies um, if the desire to go and visit you hadn't um, been fleeting. I'm sure I'm going to work up the desire again, in which case I will uh, dust off the old kiss the cook apron that I own (laughs) and uh, mix vigorously a bowl of cookie dough together put dollops on a cooking pan that is greased and then (laughs) insert it into a preheated oven for a set aside amount of time in which case it will let me know that it is done and I will remove the cookies from said oven and then place them into my mouth testing them and also confirming that they do taste delicious, in which case I will put them in Tupperware and bring them to you fully masked and gloved. And that's how you make cookies. So I hope that you listeners were taking notes. And deliver them during a pandemic. Yes, exactly. So that's how you make cookies and deliver them during a pandemic. So if you're taking notes, I'm pretty sure I was thorough didn't leave anything out just follow those directions to the t and you can't go wrong okay bobby what are the ingredients that go into cookies some eggs some flour a little bit of oil and um ooh, and uh and a dusting of sugar oh and a little vanilla for taste so they're just plain plain cookie well, <laughs> you're making you're making Jennifer your famous plain cookies. <laughs> I I felt like it went without saying that there would be chocolate chips inside <laughs> okay. it. Or sometimes instead of chocolate chips, I just I chop up a, a like Snicker bars, and then I just kind of like after they come out, I sprinkle them on top of the cookies. Like I kind of like hold them in my hand because they're so it's such a fine powder at this point, um, and then I just kind of blow them onto the surface of the cookies thereby completely just absolving any of the other precautions you were taking for the pandemic you're just blowing your your potential covidy mouth <laughs> droplets all over the cookies i don't blow with droplets i'm oh, blowing with air if there's anything this pandemic has to taught us is that droplets are just like coming out of our mouths and noses all the time <laughs> yeah that's true so actually don't do just look up um like uh mrs betty crocker's like homemade governor cookies um <laughs> if you really want to know how to do it but yes indeed i can bake cookies jennifer and i will bake them for you at some point soon Um, Another thing that I uh, appreciate that you did is you brought to the attention of our listeners the fact that I make a delicious cup of joe. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Emily actually is the barista out of the two of us, so I, I literally have flown by the seat of my pants when it comes to making coffee, and, um, and you, that is the result, is a a cup of delicious black liquid. Jennifer, 
I know you as a person who enjoys reading. So what books have you been reading lately and are there any that have really stood out to you? Hmm. You know, this year has not been a real big book reading year for me. I tried to think about why that is because I did have a lot more time wherein one could read books, but I think it was because every time I got stressed out by something, my stress response was more of a like OCD flare where like I couldn't stop cleaning the house or working on different projects and I wasn't able to like really sit down, sit still and read a book a lot. Um, but there were three notable books that I enjoyed. Uh, they are all young adult books. I just finished one called Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. It's about this rich guy who creates a school for academically gifted kids in the 30s, um, but then the family experiences all these tragic murders, um, but there's, the school goes on with grants and stuff. And so this girl goes there in modern times because she wants to be a criminal detective. She is obsessed with the case that happened there, but when she gets there, she starts making friends with all the other weird smart kids. Another murder happens, which she part way is able to solve, and then it's to be continued in book two. Um, Bessie Bell and the Goblin King by Charlotte English. This very spunky maid with a lot of attitude gets kicked out of her home and her job <laughs> and she manages to flag down and hitch a ride with one very odd gentleman who ta-da ends up being the Goblin King but someone is impersonating him with glamour and they're using all his super duper special goblin stuff it's upsetting and so she's like bossy and rude and charming and gets her way she's very cute I liked her spunk the Afterlife of Holly Chase by Cynthia Hand. This one, oh, was so original, despite the fact that it's based on the movie The Christmas Carol. So Holly is this very shallow, horrible person. She gets visited by the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, future. She does not care. She absolutely does not care or change in any way. And then she immediately dies in a freak accident as foretold only to find out if you're a snobby, horrid person, you then have to become one of the ghosts of Christmas past. And every year they pick a new Scrooge, they spend all year researching their life, and they have to find all of the symbolic characters in that person's life. Like who is this person's Martha? Who is this person's, you know, Tiny Tim, their Fezziwig? And then it's this whole arranged show and production with technology and makeup and lighting to convince this person to change their ways and be a better human. And Holly does it, but she really doesn't care. She's just like, she, she's just clocking in uh, until they try and help someone who's very similar to her. So she gains really her heart and understanding in trying to help that person to not be bitter and vengeful and kind of in the way convinces herself to, you know, be a decent human. Yeah, so those were some things that I enjoyed, um, even though some of them are mentioning murder or death, they were all very light. There was a lot of like comedy and sarcastic people. So for my myself, my brain that it craves escapism, 
it delivered. Slip inside the eye of your mind. Don't you know you might find a better place to play? Bobby, Emily, in this scenario, you get to go to the world's most impressive zoo. I mean, they don't have things that don't exist like a velociraptor, but you only have 15 minutes, so you have to choose one section of the zoo. Where are you going to go? What, what animal exhibit are you going to like absolutely make sure and see? Because like, I don't know what animals call to you, what animal like you connect with. Like hypothetically, if you had a spirit animal that was not a dog or cat or dolphin, though we, from previous episodes, you know, dolphins are probably not included in a list of things Emily would consider as her spirit animal. Like what would your hypothetical spirit animal be? Hmm? Oh, Jennifer, you sure know how to pose some of the most challenging, thought-provoking questions known to man. And I appreciate that about you. I really do. I would say the animal that I would probably gravitate towards in the zoo is, um, I forget the proper name for it. It has four legs and a really sturdy back. (laughs) And... I think that in the zoo world, the study of zoology, they refer to it as a bench. Get it? A bench, four legs, a sturdy back. Mm-hmm. That's so you just sit down. <laughs> yep. And you wouldn't see any animals. Have you gone to the zoo with two children under the age of ten years old? <laughs> yes, I have. Well, then you'll understand why the animal that I gravitate towards is a bench. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I really like owls, but I don't know that owls are zoo animals. I mean, it's like the best, the world's best zoo, so they have every animal you can think of. Oh yeah, then I'd go see the owls, specifically barn owls, if they have them. I think they're pretty cool. Um, we have gone to the Oregon Coast Aquarium quite a few times and I always enjoyed watching the cute little seal um but then I found out that he died she died recently oh Emily I'm sorry thanks for the downer uh okay so that first uh thing that I said if you couldn't tell was a joke hopefully it didn't offend you in any way for you bench sympathizers but uh one of my favorite animals that i think i would i would seek out if i went to the world's best zoo with all of the animals i would have to say would be the wolf the wolf Mm -hmm. i recently actually went to this like um this like rescue uh, place uh, it's it's an it's a place here in southern Oregon called wildlife images and they have two wolves that they've rescued over the years and a wolf in real life is nothing like what your imagination can conjure up from cartoons and movies alike they're very interesting to look at they almost look like um they almost look like Muppets 
I don't know how else to explain it. But uh, that's what I would go look at. Wait, the wolf wolves or the foxes? What did I say? You said wolves. And then what did I, well, then what did I say? Well, to me, the fox was more remarkable because it was so much smaller than I had imagined. No, definitely the wolf. I didn't. I said wolf. I meant wolf. Okay. Well, we also saw a bear there, and it was asleep, and you could see its like giant bear paws, but like they're so big, and yet so cute. Yes. Sometimes the cutest animals are the most deadly. Ain't that the truth? That was a little PSA for you listeners. Have you ever wanted to change your name? And what did you want to change it to? Oh, Lord, yes. I hate my name. It's so common. Like, originally, it was a derivative of the Welsh for Guinevere, which I feel like that has some flow. Guinevere. Some melody to it. Jennifer. It has such just harsh consonants. I don't like how it sounds at all. When I was a teen, I thought about it constantly. Um, The names that I liked at that time were Darcy, because of that chick from the Smashing Pumpkins. She seemed cool. And Evan, just because I liked that, even though it was technically a guy name, it really had like a feminine sound to it. Um, As I got older, I liked the name Amelia because my mom said she thought about that one for me because so many women in my family tree have that name. So it's got like a little bit of history to it that kind of appeals to me. Say my name, say my name. No one is around you. Say, baby, I love you. You ain't running game. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Dream Infringement on KSKQ 89.5 FM Ashland, Oregon and 94.1 FM Medford, Oregon, also streaming at kskq.org. And our show this week is us asking each other questions and then responding to those questions and it's just about three friends getting to know each other a little bit better. Isn't that sweet? It sure is sweet, Emily. And what we're doing tonight is we're posing questions, questions that draw us out and frankly provoke our brains. So stay tuned for some very insightful answers to some very thought-provoking questions. Bobby and or Emily, do you make your bed every morning? Do you fall asleep easily or does it take you a long time to go to sleep? Are you back stomach side sleepers? And I know a little bit about this answer for Emily regarding her little pillow cocoon, but how many pillows do you sleep with, Bobby? And does one of you prefer like the left side or the right side, like always, or does it like switch around if you move and the bed's in a new location or like at a hotel, do you continue being like, I will always have the left side 
or are you like you know what the right side's looking pretty good to me it's closer to the window or bathroom or air conditioning or whatever how consistent is this preference does either of you like talk in your sleep or like grind your teeth do any you know viciously kick the other in like the calf in the middle of the night like those kind of things I feel like I'm walking the line between general curiosity and being like slightly creepy. As you know, I uh, am a little challenged when it comes to boundaries and filters. So yeah, I apologize if I cross that line. No apologies necessary, Jennifer. Lines were not crossed. And I'll take the first one. No, we do not make our bed every day. Um, We're very sporadic with bed making because it's just not on our list of priorities actually i have a different reason for not making our bed okay what is it um i believe that if i make my our bed then the world will end it really is something i believe (laughs) that's unfortunate yeah so you'll never see a made bed in our house (laughs) yeah um what were the other questions Oh, she asked like about oh si- a side sleeper. I I'm a I'm a side a si- mm. I am a side sleeper for life. Mm-hmm. I like to sleep on my left side. And also a slide sleeper. She has a slide <laughs> we've installed next to the bed. So instead of just like sliding her feet over to the edge to get out of bed, she actually just like kind of shimmies over to the slide and then slides down <laughs> to the bottom of the bed. It's a It's a real fun way to wake up. No, I like to sleep on my left side. And um, incidentally, I also have the left side of the bed. So it's it's sort of like, because I grew up not having to share. Okay, let's just, let's rewind. Start at the beginning. Let me, let me explain my reasoning. Okay, I grew up by my, by myself. I didn't have siblings my age. Or parents. She raised herself. <laughs> or parents. Everything I owned was mine and mine alone. <laughs> and so I like to imagine that I am not sharing a bed, that I have my own space. I've got my cocoon of pillows. I am facing the wall. So I've successfully recreated my non-sharing childhood bedroom. And yes, (laughs) that answers that. I'm what you would call a minimalist sleeper. In that I grew up with zero sounds. In fact, when Emily and I first got married, she insisted on having a fan in the room, which was unheard of uh, for the kind of environment that I grew up in. In hot Arizona, where nobody, (laughs) nobody sleeps with fans in their rooms. And she wanted the window open, which was another thing that I never would have done unless she needed absolutely needed it uh to me opening a window was like inviting home invaders so i just made sure my window was locked and closed even though it might have been hot in my room with the lack of fanage happening um so i i generally just like had one pillow and a blanket and that was it 
that was my my you know my bedroom setup um and i i did sleep by myself occasionally sharing the bed with my brother uh and so when emily and i got married and we started to share uh the same bed it was uh interesting to see her fortress of solitude completely fall apart <laughs> and um and i didn't challenge any of it to any great degree i just kind of accepted it and now i can't sleep without the fan or the, with the, without the window open so ha so she won um and uh and i still sleep with basically one pillow although occasionally I will be accused of stealing one of the many pillows that make up her pillow fortress. And, um, and then there is uh, a great deal of, of pain to pay um, as the result. No, it's, it, she doesn't hurt me. It's, it's not, there's no pain. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about that. Um, I would also like to say that Bobby is a very noisy sleeper. He has started snoring and singing in my sleep he's never sung in his sleep um and every once in a while if i happen to roll over on my right side and bobby will like roll over to his left side and like i must be like my spidey senses are on high alert because i have blocked many an elbow to the eye and I'm like, you almost hit me in the eye. Like, I guess I just, I'm a real, I'm a real nightmare to share a room with. I'm starting to understand why couples have their own, like. Separate quarters. <laughs> yeah, because you, you put up with a lot. I'm not sounding very nice. I'm like, I have this abundance of pillows. You're not allowed to take any of them. You almost hit me. Like, I just sound like a crazy person. But a lot of it. I think stems from the fact that I've spent many years um, battling with insomnia. So I take my sleep very seriously. It is like, it's not fun time. This is like work. Body, do the work of sleeping, please. Will you? These are the things I need. I, I, so I'm sorry. Thanks for putting up with me, Bobby. Oh, you're so welcome. And on that note, we'd like to introduce the next song. It's by a little known singer by the name of Joan Jett, and it's called Love is a Battlefield. It's actually Pat Benatar. We both realized we're not infallible, everyone. We make mistakes. We're human. Yeah, except for me, I'm not human. I'm superhuman. Jennifer, you don't seem to me to be a boat person, but I could be wrong. Have you ever been on a boat? Do you have a boat story? If you don't have a boat story, how do you feel about boats? And if you had a boat, what would you name it? So that was like four questions for the price of one. Emily. Emily, your conclusions were absolutely correct. Boats. Ugh. Black. No. 
I should explain that I get motion sickness to an extreme degree that most people don't. Swings even, cars that I'm driving, ferries, just has me green. Um, I was out on a boat in the ocean once. It was awful. Um, so then I had to take a Dramamine and I was like it was still awful. I was just tired and afterwards slept for hours. I do not like being in the sea on a boat at all. I find it just terrifying because you're just looking down into the water and it's just like deep and fathomless and you can see like stuff bobbing and swimming around and looking creepy and you are just absolutely vulnerable. Uh, so as for like rivers or lakes, I've been on jet boats and I like those. Uh, it was days that were like super hot and so it's cool out on the water and it's really pretty. Things are just like alive and just humming. They smell good. You can feel kind of the wind. It was very relaxing. And if I had a boat, I would name it the Rillaby Chime. It's from a book I read that I hated completely, but this one character was named after the sound that water makes, and so I liked how it sounded. It seemed like an appropriate name for a boat, Rillaby Chime. So we all are very emotion-based people. And so in the spectrum of emotions, Bobby, Emily, what are some of the last things that have made you feel feelings? Um, what's the last thing that's made you feel mad? Possibly it's Taylor Swift for Emily. I'm not positive on that one though. Um, the last thing that made you cry? The last thing that just really made you laugh, like really hard. Mm, let's see, one more emotion. How about the, the last thing that made you feel a sense of like, I need to know this, like a, a yearning for knowledge, even if it's just a Google search on Adam Driver's pants from Star Wars. Oh, that was me. That was me, my mistake. They're just so high-waisted. I had to know why. <laughs> because one does sometimes need to know why certain fashion choices were made. But anyway, tell me about your emotions. I want to know. I was really angry at Taylor Swift, and I can't remember why. Oh, what did she do? I don't remember. Do you remember the last time you were angry, Bobby? At Taylor Swift? just in general you don't um, get very angry no i'm a cool customer i am just like so chill uh except for it angers me when there's injustice in the world it angers me when the little guy gets stepped on and also when um people in line with me want to make conversations with other people in line with me I hate it even more when I'm the monkey in the middle 
So like the person in front of me wants to talk to the person behind me. What am I supposed to do? Come on. Oh boy. See? Do you see what this does to me? Jennifer. Oh, I'm usually just such, like I said, such a cool customer, but you brought it out. You brought out the, the beast. Um, the last time, well, I cry a lot and I try to just let myself um, cry because although I am an emotion-based person, I oftentimes really try to fight those emotions because I don't want it to like cloud my judgment although it, it, I don't believe it ever has but it's like a fear of mine so anyway all of that aside I cry semi-frequently um, but the most like interesting thing that I've cried about lately was this documentary on Netflix called what was it called we are the champions. oh we are the champions and it was the first episode is about these people in England who roll this cheese down the hill and then they all go like flying down the hill after the cheese and you would think to yourself why would that create so much emoting from Emily um, and it was because it was so pure and sweet and it was before the pandemic so it was just all these people together cheering for this like really funny silly thing that they've been doing for so many years and it just it really touched me and it made me weep like a child yeah i um i generally uh reserve crying for um when I am by myself but uh, there was this song that it's it just does it to me every time um, and, and I and I use sad songs like one would use medication so I think that when I I need like a good cry sometimes I will and I can tell when I really need one like I need to get emotions out so the catalyst that will get those emotions out will generally be like a sad song. And this particular sad song is by Nick Cave and it's called, um, the, it's called wild, um, all the horses. It's called all the horses. Yeah. Something to do with horses. But, um, the, the, the reason why it makes me so sad is not just like, um, is not the song itself, but like the reasoning behind the song. So here's a sad story alert. Um, if you do not want to hear a sad story about something sad happening to someone, uh, someone's loved one, then you can um, maybe uh, switch over to the uh, soft rock station and listen to a song by Lionel Richie. Uh, but if you are interested, please uh, stay on the line. So uh, it's yeah, it's by Nick Cave, and I guess his son um, had uh, like done an over like had. Uh, uh, had a drug overdose of some kind of like psychotic uh, and he was doing this with his friend and he was like near a cliff and he like fell off the cliff and died and um, it was just like a really sad sad thing you know um, but what makes it what makes the song like so sad is just like the lyrics and the music and and you can just like hear his pain of like losing his child and um yeah so i take as take one as needed 
when it comes to that particular song. It's just so sad and and um and yeah, and when I w- want a good tear to roll down this chiseled cheek of mine, uh, I you know prescribe myself a uh, a uh, listen of that song. It's a lot sadder than cheese rolling down a hill. That's true. Yes, but but that's what gets us gets us, gets the tears rolling. You know so. Um, okay, the last time I really heartily laughed was when we were we were watching Portlandia the other evening. There are some episodes that we hadn't watched of their final season, which was like two years ago. But I'm glad that past Emily didn't binge watch it because present Emily is enjoying feeling like they came out with new stuff. Just really love Fred Armisen and... Carrie Fisher. Brownstein? <laughs> Brownstein, yeah. Carrie Fisher is someone else. Yeah. She's uh, Princess so Leia. Sad. Bobby! Uh, I'm sorry. All the sadness. Last time that I laughed, I guess I would have to say was right now. <laughs> That's how I laugh. Get used to it. You're going to hear more laughter just like that after this question Would you rather know the history of every object you touched or be able to talk to animals? Oh, oh, hmm. That is a difficult one. I tried to break it down into pros and cons. So with objects, pros, I could possibly solve a lot of crime and make a very big haul at any antique store, like Why, yes, that is an original Van Gogh. So the cons, though. Imagine pushing an elevator button and getting 5,000 images of everyone who also wanted to go to the third floor. Or your friend goes to test drive a car and you're like, ah, so you know, (laughs) previous owners were kind of getting busy in the back a lot, so you might want to get this detailed before you take it home. Uh, The nightmare of thrift stores. Like, oh, oh, that's the shirt a cat puked on. Man, they got those stains out really well, but I know. So that could be not so fun. But with animals, so pro, maybe you could also solve crime. You could help a very vulnerable population that can't speak for themselves and be like the most amazing like pet trainer or vet in the entire world. Cons, there are just a lot of animals everywhere and I think they have a lot to say and so like I imagine how I walk down the street now doop, 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 and there's like chirp 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 woof 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 you know but in reality it's like woof woof I hear you I hear you I don't like it woof you better not come any closer woof I don't like it and then the cat is like murder Murder. Move along. There is nothing to see here. Nothing. Half the birds are like worms, 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 worms. And then the other half are like, my tree, this is my tree, my tree, my tree, my tree. It's my tree. Ooh, pretty. My tree, my tree. Like, so like all of these things would then make walking down the street be like, my tree, worms, this is my tree, my tree, my tree, I don't like it, my tree, it's my tree, you better not come any closer, I don't like it. Worms, 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 worms.
so that's a difficult decision. After some very hard thought, I decided that I would rather be able to tell the history of an object because I feel like I could still be really helpful, but there's also ways that I could kind of protect myself, like I could wear gloves and like only buy unopened things or something. Like there would be an easier way to like turn it off if I needed to, whereas if I could hear animals all the time, I think it might be super chaotic because now, like I find hearing people all the time really chaotic, but then when there's animals too, um, well, I gave you a little demonstration of what I think that might be like, and that I think would be a little bit too much for me. So it's not that I don't care about the animals, just for like my own mental health. I had to choose a, a <laughs> different superpower. Well, folks, that's the end of dream infringement for tonight, not forever. That's oh. it. That's all you get. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, stick around for High Tech Soul with our favorite, don't tell the other, no, I'm just kidding. Don't tell the other DJs. Don't tell the other DJs. It'll be our little secret, Leo. (laughs) He's our favorite. Um, You're going to love, you're going to love it. Leo, his name's Leo. (laughs) All right, that's it for us tonight, everyone. Bye. Sayonara. Sayonara.